Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for August 25th is Lamentations, chapters 1, 2, and the first 36 verses of chapter 3. guess we had to stop somewhere, didn't we? Lamentations was written by Jeremiah during the exile. And because Jeremiah was a prophet, not just a prophet, but one who was accurate, he was a true prophet, his heart reflected God's heart. And so his words that flow from the heart were actually flowing from God's heart because the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart, as Jesus told us. Jeremiah is lamenting the destruction of the city and what that represents, the exile of God's people. It does not give God pleasure to discipline or to punish or to exercise much-needed wrath because of people's sin. God does not delight in judging or in punishing or in disciplining people, but it's necessary. We know it's necessary. Every one of us, it's written on our hearts that it is necessary. When someone steals from you, we've all been stolen from, our hearts cry out for justice. When someone takes an innocent life, our hearts cry out for justice. It's the way God made us. And to deny that is to deny him. And it should not be that way, my friends. Jerusalem is abandoned, broken, and desolate. In chapter 1, verse 1, how she, speaking of Jerusalem, how she sits alone. The city once crowded with people. She who was great among the nations has become like a widow. The princess among the provinces has been put to forced labor. She weeps bitterly during the night with tears on her cheeks. There's no one to offer her comfort, not one from all her lovers. Jerusalem representing the city. Jerusalem was the city, but when you call a city by name, you're really referring to the people who lived there. It was the people of God. It was the capital of city of the people of God. And the people of God had many idols. And because of God's covenant relationship to have idols, to worship other gods, or other items to worship the creation in any form over and above the creator is idolatry. It's like spiritual adultery. And so these lovers of Jerusalem are the idols, the things that the Jewish people were worshiping. And when the destruction came, those idols were unable to provide any consolation whatsoever. And it's exactly what the enemy does. The enemy allures 
the people, promises the people joy or comfort or safety or pleasure. And it's all fleeting. None of it lasts. And when it all comes crashing down, what does the enemy do? Who's also called the accuser of the brethren. He points and says, look, look, God, look at what these sinners are doing. They've trusted in their riches. They've trusted in their relationships. They've trusted in their stuff. Look how guilty they are. Judge them. Judge them. And the thing is, friends, we are all guilty. We are all guilty. And it speaks to suffering. There are a lot of people suffering that we're reading about in these chapters because of the judgment that has been poured out. And it's a reminder to me that all people will suffer. And there are two major categories of suffering. One is the suffering that comes about because of sin. We can all be forgiven. Jesus paid the penalty for us. He was perfect. The very word of God, the heart expression of the Father, the creator of all things, came and lived in a human body, emptied himself of his godliness, of his power and authority, subjected himself to suffering, to shame, to pay the penalty for our sins, and we can be saved by trusting in him. His name is Jesus. But our sin still has consequences. And when we choose our stuff, our relationships, whatever makes us happy over God, whatever we choose, instead of choosing God, there is always pain and suffering that comes as a result when that thing is taken away. Ask any drug addict when they go to jail and they can't get their fix anymore, the withdrawal symptoms that they suffer through. We all have withdrawal when the things that we love or the things that give us pleasure or comfort are taken away. And so there's always going to be suffering when there's sin. And there's another kind of suffering too, the kind we choose. Like we can choose to suffer now or suffer later. We can make ourselves comfortable now and suffer later when those comforts are stripped away. Or we can work hard. We can do the hard thing now. We can deny ourselves and grow in character. And denying yourself is hard. It produces suffering. When all of your friends are going out and having a good time and you're at home working hard or you're at work working hard or you're doing whatever you need to do to prepare yourself for the future, it doesn't feel good. But you remind yourself of the hope that is within you. Later in chapter 1, verse 18, Yahweh is just. 
I have rebelled against his command. Listen, all you people, look at my pain. Yahweh, see how I am in distress. I am churning within. My heart is broken, for I have been very rebellious. We've all rebelled and are guilty. Chapter 2, verse 14. Your prophets saw visions for you that were empty and deceptive. They did not reveal your iniquity and so restore your fortunes. They saw pronouncements for you that were empty and misleading. The people chose prophets who would tell them what they wanted to hear. And those prophets did them no good. They actually did them harm. They would have been better off listening to the prophets who told them things they did not like, who caused them emotional pain, but elicited a response that would change the outcome of their life. They could have been uncomfortable by hearing the truth, dealing with it, and getting their lives in order. Instead, they chose the comfort of being told what they wanted to hear, even though it wasn't true, and they were shipwrecked as a result, and their city was broken, and many of them died. Most of today's preaching that we hear, at least in America, is empty and deceptive like the prophets from back then because it's incomplete. Most of what we hear, because preachers, regardless of where their hearts are and how much they want the truth, they know that a lot of people don't want to hear the truth. And so those who speak the truth in love are rejected and forsaken for those who are saying the things that people really want to hear. Most of today's preaching is empty and deceptive because it's incomplete. They skip over that need for repentance part. Chapter 3, Despite all these things, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. What is hope? It's expecting something good to happen. Because of Yahweh's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say, Yahweh is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. I expect good things to come from him. Yahweh is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Down in verse 31. For the Lord will not reject us forever. Even if he causes suffering, he will show compassion. According to the abundance of his faithful love, he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. But he does it because we need it, and it's what's best for us. May God bless you as you seek him. And friends, consider, would you rather suffer now by doing the uncomfortable thing that requires you to change, or seek your pleasure and your comfort now and suffer later? when you stand before him and give an account for your life. 
Choose wisely, my friends, and may God bless you. As you seek him, may he give you grace to choose wisely. And me too. I need it perhaps more than you do. See you tomorrow.